We thank you that everything you just said is true, Lord, that you use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God, that you look upon us and you see something that's redeemable, something that is to be used for your glory. God, that we don't walk through this life without a purpose. Thank you, Father, that you um, you saw fit to leave 99 to come after one. We love you. We thank you uh, for everything that you are, God, and everything you desire to do in our hearts and in our minds. We ask that as we hear uh, the, your word this morning and we talk about one of the most precious relationships given to humanity, uh, that the words would be yours. They would not be mine or Jessica's, God. Help us to get out of the way. And we just want to be a vessel for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and work what only can be worked by you. We love you and we lift all this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I got it at Goodwill. Uh, no. Let's be clear. Y'all are so fun. Um, yeah, no. but well, it's kind of fun that there's like I look around and the majority of your faces are here on Wednesdays and Sundays. So that's kind of fun today because it makes the conversations more intimate. We all do life together. We do like there's life groups here. Um, it's funny because I knew who was going to sit where today because you guys show up. Like, no, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. I think one of the most beautiful things that one person can give to another is the gift of time because you can't take it back. So thank you guys for coming today. It's such a big deal that you show up because every time you don't show up, somebody else misses out. So uh, we're going to leave here today better friends than when we came. And it's just because you guys were willing to devote your time to the church. So I thank you for that. Your turn. Because I'm looking out at him and I'm just like, I love him. It's funny because I'm uh, praying this morning. Actually, when I drove up and was dropping stuff off, I saw some movement on the ground and it was still kind of dark outside. There were actually ants going through our parking lot, carrying things all the way to across the street. But it was neat to watch just the, how they like carry the things. So it's weird because there are thousands, y'all. You're not, she's, she's being vague on the details, but there were literally thousands of ants carrying thousands of leaves across our parking lot i took a video because i was like this is amazing it, 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 was, it was pretty easy they were even going across the street like to where they're making their oh i hear echo it's fine it sounds like i'm gonna do this i'm just kidding i hear myself over here okay but anyways i don't know why i was saying that but it was pretty neat so this morning has been it's been fun it's been fun um but we're excited i did turn the ac up so, and I don't know why this room is like an ice box, but it is today. So if y'all have to just sit really close to each other, maybe the body heat will breathe on, no, don't breathe on each other. So <laughs> take someone else's jacket. It's okay. So we've been talking about, most of you guys, I think have been here the last couple of months. We've been talking about relationships. Um, and I don't know if y'all noticed that we put the photo area inside here for y'all to take pictures. Please take pictures. Every month it'll be a different thing. It will be something different next month. Um, just for y'all's convenience. What are you doing? She met you. Sorry. I may have to like. You and Trey? No. I'm going to hear that no matter what. It'll be that side too. Um, so today we, I mean, we talked about marriage. Parenting. And then parenting. 
reparenting marriage. I don't know. We talked about that here, guys. And then today, so we're going to talk about friendships today. Um, this will be the last on relationships. This will be the last one, and then we'll be doing something different next month. Don't ask us yet what we're doing because we're still working on that one. So whatever the Lord says, that's the thing. So um, there were some questions that were left for us. We're going to kind of go over that and kind of give you what we can give you. Mm-hmm. You want to start it? Sure. Um, who considers himself a good friend? I love it. I love it. No, for real. Like, you, you think, like, we're good friends, right? I mean, you feel like in your friendship relationships, like, you're a good friend, right? But I think one thing to keep in mind as we talk through these things, we're not looking for advice on friendships when everything's going good. We're looking for advice on friendships when things are difficult. So that's where a lot of these questions spawn from. And I just want to keep that in mind as we move forward. Um, So the first one is, is there anything else you can do to win back a friend that you've offended besides praying? That's kind of an easy question to answer, but in practical application, let me tell you guys, it is much more difficult than that. Um, When it comes to friendships, if you're not, if you can't be authentic in joy and in hurt with that friend, you don't actually have a friendship. So we need to start on a foundational level. Um, Friends are not, there's different levels of friendship. Like we can look at how Jesus lived his life automatically and see he had three, he had 12, and then there were multitudes, right? So not everybody's meant to be in your core group of friends. And it's really important that you make that distinction because that's, we are who we hang around. It's just the way it is. Um, so if you can't be honest in the friendship, then we, you have to evaluate what place does that have in your life that you can't, you know, bear that part of you to another person. So I went through this. It was really terrible. Um, I've had some rough friendship things the past two years. And biblically speaking, if you if you and a friend are offended or a friend is offended it does not matter if the offense is hers or yours it is your responsibility to go and apologize and mend that relationship pride aside it does not matter the bible um i i don't know if we have is it maybe it's matthew 5:21 on here maybe it's not but i'm just going to go from memory so it's going to be the bad translation but if you're walking with your I think it says adversary or whatever, but friend, okay, just, and you have an offense against that person, you you need to turn and reconcile before you get to the courts is the essence of what that scripture is saying, meaning it does not matter who did the thing. The responsibility lies on both parties to mend that, to be reconciled, because in all actuality, when you wrong another person, yes, you're wronging another person, but you're really wronging the Lord who loves that person and desires for you to be and reconciled and right relationship with that friend. It is your responsibility. So that's a very difficult, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to go to somebody and be like, hey, in your mind, no, this is internal dialogue. Uh, I went to someone that I really didn't think I had wronged. And I look back and try to have an honest assessment of the situation and I don't really think I wronged them. But I went to them and said, hey, I need to apologize to you. Even though internally I was like, did I, like, do I really need to apologize to you? Like you have to overcome yourself in that but if you love the person you love the lord and you want to reconcile the relationship you need to go 
you need to go apologize because somebody's hurt somewhere. So, and then what they do with that, you can't control that. Boom. So they can receive, they can accept it or not. You you just do your part. Mm-hmm. And then you get to sleep really well, knowing that you have the peace of doing the right thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, praying is always a good thing, but you have to be active too, not just pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have to make sure that you don't harden your heart in the midst of it too. You don't pull up these walls to where you just eventually turn into, you. I'm going to say hate because sometimes it is, it's that. It's the, the way you start feeling about them and they annoy you. I mean, I've had relationships where I'm really, really close and then something happened. I felt betrayed and then I've been really bad about that. But then I started seeing different things. So, I mean, for me, it's more of, uh, I think that when those things happen, my eyes are open, like, okay. So there obviously was a, there were things there that shouldn't have been there between us anyway, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't see it. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. So the next question, we're going to give you guys a few minutes to discuss at your table before we answer it. Are y'all ready for the question? Should Christians have boundaries and friendships, and what are those boundaries? Okay, five-minute timer and go. <laughs> Your time to go. Wow. <laughs> that was a fast five minutes, huh? All right. What is... Ashley, what is something that you heard? I just called on you. Sorry. Uh, did you learn or hear something at your table that you maybe hadn't heard before? Or is there something that stood out to this table in your conversation? That applies to the question. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I wasn't really listening. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good things that I thought about, like. Um, what was I about? Yeah. Yeah. I can talk about yeah. <laughs> not to project, but, um, hell, I don't want to record. Oh, yeah, it's recording. Do it. <laughs> I think boundaries kind of like naturally form. Okay. Because I, you know, like if you dive into somebody's conversation it's not necessarily something that you're all about you can say your your piece but also i don't know sometimes the conflict's easier to avoid yeah um and kind of redirect into something more positive Mm -hmm. or yeah so just boundaries kind of making making themselves known in relationships like okay that's good what about you guys is there anything in your group that Uh-huh. And like, like the friendship. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say it again. Uh, I feel like our, like, big thing was, like, the time of of uh, availability mm-hmm. <laughs> and respecting commitments over, like, the friendship. If we have something important going on, they can't, like, prioritize themselves. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Group. Group number three. Mel. Did you hear Mel? <laughs> I like that time. We didn't talk about time, but I like that commitment and time. Mm-hmm. We talked about grace, authenticity, and mm-hmm. um, well, how did you term it? 
I said calling people out, but she said there's a better way to say that. Well, <laughs> just just an honest discussion with them that maybe what they're doing is yep. harmful. Love. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. And probably every table and discuss that God should be first. Yeah. In all friendships, like that the friend shouldn't replace God in your Funny life. Funny that you mentioned that, Joey. What a great caveat <laughs> into the rest of today. So, so should Christians have boundaries? Yes. We can all conclusively say yes. My notes say, and I mean this with all of my words, God did not create us to feel like a glass of spilled milk. You know that feeling when you totally overshare with another person, and I'm not talking about just authentically sharing with a friend. I'm talking about not having a proper boundary. Uh, we've all experienced not having a good boundary at one time or another, right? Or being on the reciprocal end of that with someone else that doesn't have boundaries, and it just leaves you feeling like, Spilled milk, like gross or something. I don't even know how to explain it. Boundaries matter. Like you have to have borders, right, in your relationships. So a thing to think about uh, when it comes to friendships, are you running to your friends with gossip or questions or are you stopping to pray? A person is not meant to be your catch-all. The only person that's person that's there to, to be there for you, right, is the living God. So, and if he's not first in our life, actually he's last because he will have no other place in your life besides first place. When we put a friend in a place to receive from us what only God should be hearing about, you're actually doing your friend a disservice. It is wrong to do that to a friend. In um, psychology world, that's termed as code, like a codependency, right? It's a, an intro into that whole entire idea where you put the thoughts and feelings of another person above your own, above God, above your spouse, above your family. Have any of y'all ever accidentally wound up in a codependent friendship or experienced one from the outside? Is it one of the most dangerous things you've ever seen to the human psyche? Hi. Well... She said not Jim. Oh, okay. Um, so you guys are a trip. So in essence, if you find yourself thinking, if you're up at night and you can't sleep because you're worried about what your friend thinks, red X, problem alert. We need to stop. It's not that you shouldn't care about your friends. It's not that you shouldn't care if you've wronged someone. But we should not be at the mercy of another person's perception over the one true God. So it's kind of like she said a while ago. If God is not the foundation of your friendship, it's just a matter of time before it starts to crumble in some capacity. I'm not telling you you're never going to have a friendship with an unbeliever. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying you'll never have the fullness of a right relationship with a friend without the one true God at the basis of that friendship. So, and if you find yourself um, not only uh, thinking of something or dealing with, if you find yourself dealing with something and your first response or your first action is to call that friend, yeah. then you're then you're out of order as well. Because it should be, give it to the Lord first. You should be seeking the Lord. And then your husband. Um, yeah. True. Yeah. And if it's with your husband, same thing. 
you go to the Lord first. So in all relationships, everything, the Lord should come first. Your friends are there to pray with you. They're there to hold you accountable. They're there to lift you up somewhat. It's not really our role to, let me just pat you on the back. They, everything's okay because I can't really tell you it's going to be okay. I can just tell you, trust the Lord. Yep. So um, it's, it's not that, I'm not trying to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, um, I, I will push you um, to seek that relationship with the Lord to where you know that no matter what storm you're in, you'll be okay. Yeah. So that's good. You're doing great. Just keep going. Right. I'm going to let you do all the talking today. That's because, yeah. No, just throw pieces in. That's all. Okay. So toxic friendships. Speaking of codependency, um, and if you, I, you have to be really honest with yourself here. Um, nine times out of 10, the, co- the person that is toxic or codependent is like, I'm a great friend. So if I'm going to say this. I don't mean this to be offensive, but if it's offensive, then I guess it's offensive. Look yourself in the mirror and be like, am I the toxic friend? Am I the person that's wanting from another so much that I'm sucking them dry? Am I running to that person? Am I putting, elevating them, putting them in a place that only God should be in? Even if it's your husband, especially if it's your spouse, okay? Needing, sucking another person dry like that is very dangerous. So sometimes we just have to be straight nitty gritty with ourselves. Like, where am I the one that's in the error right now? So toxic friendships, um, it is affecting your relationship with the Lord and your husband. It is. Um, there, there's nothing that we can do in this life that doesn't affect the way that we commune with the Father. So um, you can hold people at a distance and still love them. Not every single person is meant to be in your core of friendship. That's hard for somebody like me. It's hard because I really love people. It also makes me sometimes a really poor friend because I, my love is widespread, but my vision and my time is not. Um, so you just you have to be careful about where you place people. Um, but if a friendship is really toxic, if it's actually toxic one way, it's actually toxic both ways because somebody will always be on the receiving end of that. So... Um, some, uh, some notes that we have in here, it says, uh, and this is twofold. A friend can lead us astray spiritually. Um, even well-intentioned friends can provide false comfort and give bad advice as Job's friends did, making his suffering worse and displeasing the Lord. People that we thought were friends can prove false. They can desert us when the friendship no longer benefits them. So for all these reasons and more, we have to choose carefully because Paul said bad company corrupts good character. I think the friend that gives you false comfort is the most dangerous friend of all. Somebody that's not going to look at you and say, hey, you know, you shouldn't have been doing that. What are you doing? Um, a lot of you asked me about this tattoo I have on my arm. It says 2%. Um, it makes me emotional to even like think about it. Uh, my best friend has the same tattoo. And uh, she is literally my favorite human. She walked in my house a few nights ago and I just started to cry. Why? I don't know, because I love you so much. Like, I just love her since we, she's my twin flame. Like, since day one, we clicked. And um, I'm the one that was guilty at times of, like, uh, going to her before my husband for advice because she's such a solid person and valuing her opinion above um above prayer sometimes I wanted to know what she thought before I even prayed about something 
oh my gosh, you guys, it can kill your friendship. I had to go to her and apologize. And uh, it was a, it was a equal, uh, like we equally apologized back and forth to each other because it led our friendship to some unhealthy places. But now we're like better friends than we've ever been because we, we're not relying on each other for an emotional feel good. That's not the purpose of the friendship. Um, so it's so much more healthy and wonderful. And when you go through a hard time in a, in a, I'm not going to say it was a toxic friendship. I'm just going to say when you hit rough patches in friendship, um, and you're able to come out on the other side, you just thought you were good friends before. That's your sister after that, when it's done correctly and everybody is in their right place. But this 2% tattoo, she has it too. And, uh, she would say, she's got me sometimes. It was a thing we would do where I need to tell you the last 2%. And that meant I'm fixing to say something you don't like. Most people will only ever tell you 98% of something and they withhold the last 2%. So it's like, if I get a text message that says 2%, I'm like, uh oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> she's fixing to get me. Um, but there's times she's corrected me on my parenting. You're too hard on your kids. Yeah, you're right. I need to think about that. Or just you can add pretty much any uncomfortable situation that I put myself in. And she said something because she loves me, not because our friendship is perfect, but because in a relationship that's healthy, you're going to call each other out on the things that put distance between you and God. So there's your personal friendship story for the day. Um, find you a friend that doesn't give you false comfort, that isn't patting you on the back while you're out partying every weekend, sitting next to you on a Sunday morning, knowing that you're falling into sin Sunday night. That's not your friend. That's your acquaintance. Your turn. It's beautiful. Is it beautiful? So, Randy, what Randy will tell you is I don't have friends. So, yes, she I, does. I'm right here. I'm literally here. I am one of those. Randy, you said she was. I am one of those breeds that um, I say breeds that I'm good. Like, as far as I am not the kind of girl that's just going to go out, girls, like, have a girl's time. Let's go do this. I will connect with people, but I'm not like, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm better, but I'm an introvert, but not like I'm in, I'm in the middle now. So I'm good. So, but he always says, I don't have friends. He tries to make friends for me. She does have friends. And you know, that doesn't work. I'm right here. She has some friends. One day she's going to also agree that I'm her friend. <laughs> so, but I have learned, I have learned to, through just making wrong decisions <laughs> too, on putting people in that spot too. So, um, that's probably why I am the way I am. That's why I don't have friends. I'm just kidding. But I have learned what you should and shouldn't do. You shouldn't pour, like, just spit out everything on people and expect them just to take it and do what with it. Like, that's not our rule. We shouldn't be doing that either to people. Um, so this next question, we're actually going to have you all do some table talk again. So... I don't even hear it. You me in trouble. How do you... Just trade me side. How do you prioritize um, friendships with, with your marriage in mind? And your family. And, and your family. How do you prioritize balance friendships with your marriage and your family in mind for those? Like, so at your table, you guys discuss it. I'm going to give you another five minutes just to talk about it. How do you prioritize it? All right, right here we go. All right, ladies. Cheers. 
I don't think that was like four. It's five. I left it. No. No. You actually got more than five the first time because y'all were talking before I could even get the timer up. That's probably why. So. Okay, so we'll start over here this time. You want to do the mic? Or actually, it doesn't matter. So. What did you guys, what stood out for you guys as far as discussion on how do you prioritize? It's all yours. No, it's all yours. Anybody want to tell me and I'll say, whisper it to me? Make it happy. I don't have a husband to worry about, so I have my friends that anyway. Well, I think what we discussed here is how the, how we interact with our friends and some of the husbands here, and sometimes they were coming to their friends and maybe not paying enough attention to God before they went to their friends, and so that caused some issues with the, their relationship, but they still moved on with that after they've confronted that. I make room for my friends, and I make room for God first, but my friends are always there, and believe it or not, I am still friends with my ex-husband, who's still texts me all the time. You're like, can you please go to God first? He's always there. So, um, yeah, well, I do too, because he's a good guy as a friend. We were just talking about boundaries. Yeah. Thank you. That was great. All right. Who's, who is it here? Um, <laughs> she had the last point. Wait, where my plate? <laughs> You don't want to take that. That's the question. The question is, is what kind of stood out at your table? Oh, we talked about, um, since a lot of our friends are in the same stage of life and they have families and they have husbands or, or different priorities that a lot of times you can create boundaries. Like, yes, I know you have kids and a husband, but I really need to talk to you. So can we, can we find a time that we're okay? So it's usually like late at night, 10 to 12 midnight, instead of during dinner and putting the kids to bed so we can move things around and because you're friends you know the other person's Love priorities that. and so you try to respect that and still get the friend when you really need to talk oh and also we talked about sharing um with your spouse so like if a girl talks to another girl like are those girls talking to their spouse or not and like to make sure that that's clear because some people definitely tell their spouse everything and the spouse is respectful and some people wouldn't tell you if they knew you were going to tell your spouse. So yeah. you have to just make sure that that's clear. Awesome. Those are great answers. Okay. Who is it? Sharon. Lisa. <laughs> well, we talked about um, prioritizing. <laughs> but, um, you know, as every, everyone was sharing here, um, as they were, you know, has gotten busy with life, it's... Um, putting the Lord first and, and then God and then marriage, family, and, and then friendship. Yeah. I think that, um, I think once, um, we come to that, we start understanding how, um, everything fits in the priority list. And when it's kind of not in that order, it's kind of, yeah, chaos, it's tossed over. So, Awesome. That was great. You actually, that's good because you actually hit points. Mm -hmm. 
point. Those are the points. So honestly, it is. It's God first. You always remember God first. Mm -hmm. Then your spouse. Then your kids. And if you don't have kids, your family, if there's a thing. And then everything else, whether it be a ministry, job, friendships, whatever. Everything else comes after those. So it should be God and spouse first if you're married. If you're not married, then it goes to your family. Then it goes to everything else. But kids need to to be up there before your friendships and everything else. You have to make sure if you have kids that they're up there. If God, if it's flip-flop, things will not work out. Mm -hmm. If God's at the bottom, if God's second and your spouse is first, if God's third, it just does not work. Mm -hmm. It does not work. God has to be first, then your spouse. So... I think that sums up that one. That's a great, ladies. We won't we won't do this We've to y'all every done time. That. Just FYI, we, I mean, most of y'all have been here the whole time, but we don't go asking questions. But y'all came on a day when we pretty much know all of you, so it seemed like fair game. And some run, some grab the mic. Sorry, just kidding. So how do you stand apart when you still have a group of worldly friends and family that want in your life, but you know you have changed and stand apart? Oh, you're asking me. So, did you catch that? Okay. How do you stand apart when you still have a group of worldly friends and family? Like, you want to maintain the relationship, but you know something's changed in you. So, that's that's the essence of the question. I have a few different answers here. Um, with grace and gentleness and yet very firm boundaries. It's really hard to institute a boundary where there was none before, and it's almost impossible to do it without somebody getting their feelings hurt. So when you make a decision that you want to change your life, and I'm going to use drinking and partying as my example here. Um, I actually lost friends when I quit drinking. I didn't know that was all there was to our friendship, so the joke was on me. Um, but I made that decision wholeheartedly without looking back. And... You've got to be okay when you choose different uh, with saying no and dealing with the after effects. If it costs you, a f I'm just, I mean, I'm using drinking as an example, but you can insert whatever that thing is. If it costs you friends, uh, well, you made a decision and you need, I'm not, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. Um, you, you have to have boundaries in your life when it comes to the things that draw you closer to the Lord, whatever that thing is. So... Um, another really important point is make sure they know you still love them. A lot of times when you choose to do what in your estimation brings God glory and is a holier thing, right? People are going to feel judged, even though you're not judging them. They judge themselves through your eyes. Um, and you, you can't stop them from doing that. Um, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to maybe have some really honest conversations about it. Like, Hey, I, when I stopped drinking, you stopped wanting to hang out, like you're treating me differently or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, but bringing it into the light is a big deal. What is left in the darkness in, um, in your mind only festers there. So, you know, one of the main com the common themes of all these conversations is that you need to really go directly to somebody and, um, have a difficult conversation and also gain a lot of peace from that. So um, there's no better way to show somebody that your life has changed than to live it out, which is also the hardest part. Uh, remember, family and close friends are the ones that are it's the most difficult to witness to, like even Jesus. 
A prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. The difference between us and Jesus is um, our families have definitely seen us act in some type of way. If you have uh, before Jesus days like I do, whew, whew, they're going to be like skeptical. They're like, she's not lost it now. And you're like, yes, I have for the Lord. So you, you kind of got to put your, you got you to gotta get thick skin sometimes to move forward uh, in a life that honors God and brings God glory and uh, be willing to bear some uncomfortable emotions and experiences. And even the words, um, I think, was it uh, Miss Perfect or oh. who are you holy now? Like be ready for whatever they're going to throw at you. Yeah. Because honestly, that people who, especially the worldly people, friends and family, either one. I mean, I know we received that quite a bit. Um, they don't understand the relationship that you're, you're, you have with the Lord or the relationship you're developing with the Lord. Like you're laying down things that you know, if that's what this case is, you're laying down things that you know that doesn't benefit you, doesn't do you any good. And we're supposed to be set apart. Like we're called to be set apart. We're not called to live like the yeah. world lives. We're called to be like Jesus. So just be ready for the words and it's words. Mm-hmm. You know what? There's, you can either walk with broken hearts and like just like with your head down knowing that you know they don't love me anymore and like trying to please your friends and family or you can try and please the lord yep and you can't do both so please the lord do what he asks you if he's asked you to lay something down lay it down and leave it and then and but then also love them and let them see the fruit let them see what's the changes in your life yeah. because when they see the change in your life eventually i'm gonna tell you this now they're gonna want what you have because they're gonna figure out what they're doing is not benefiting this doesn't do any good for them yeah they're actually not living with peace and joy Mm -hmm. they're living broken Mm -hmm. so um yeah i'd like to add one more thing on that so in your christian friendships right um these are going to get really difficult (laughs) because there are times in your christian walk that you're just kind of spiritually bipolar like you're literally high and low it's because you're trying to walk uh you're you have flesh and you have a spirit and those two things are at war. So you are not consistent in your personality. I don't know if you guys have ever thought, why am I this way? Like I have, but I thought one, one minute I'm this way and the next I feel this. Um, well, there's also like a war for you that happens. Um, God has plans for your life, right? And those plans are to bring him glory. Um, you know, we like to quote uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, God has plans to prosper and not to harm. Well, he was, he was talking to the exiles, okay? That wasn't written with my name on it, but I know what's written in my name with my name over the whole entire narrative of the Bible and that God intends for me to live a life set apart, holy and bringing him glory. Boom. Done. Okay. So the same thing is true of that friend, your Christian friend. I don't like, I shouldn't lean on this. The thing, the same thing is true of your Christian friend that you're judging. Okay. So as you're growing in friendship and they're growing in holiness and you're growing in holiness, you might not walk the same road. You might be critical of the things that they're doing in their life, or you might look at them and think, they ought to know better by now. Well, that's not your decision. So God is going to sanctify, call, and change them according to his will and his time. Actually, what you need to do is a little less judging of your friend and give them a little more grace. Give your friends grace to change. Give your your friends grace uh, to be made new and to be sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. Because they're fighting things that you might not know anything about or you might know about, but they don't fight the same way you do. So 
I find that Christians have an expectation of each other's character and behavior because it's outlawed, you know, it's pretty clear in the Bible. There's a way we're supposed to live. But at the same time, we have got to have growing room for other people. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind. It's one thing your friends that aren't Christians, you kind of, you don't have the same standard for them. They don't, they don't live according to the word. But your friends that are trying to live according to the word and are struggling and failing over and over, those are the ones that you need to help pick up. So don't leave them in the dirt or say, you should know better than that. Give your friends grace. Back to Jessica. We're going to have to cut it in a minute. Okay. How would you manage family time and friends that are like family? How would you, when you, when you, when you, you, you like look at yourself or think about yourself, how would you manage family time and friends that are like family? Um, I guess you're, yeah. So the, honestly, that question really goes back to the priorities again. Um, so again, if you're not doing the order, God, spouse, kids, family, everything else, it's, it's not going to work out. Um, yeah. So we pretty much have already answered that. So, and I know that a lot of us have family that are like, I mean, friends that are like family, you consider them family. They've been a part of your life for, you know, forever, or they've come into your life and they're like your sister or brother or mom or dad. That's, it's normal. Um, but you also have to remember not to, because they're, you have to remember they don't override the order. So, all right. Friends that call themselves family but get upset when life gets in the way. I'll let you. Yeah. Uh, we have to have realistic expectations of other people as just being people. Um, this goes back to your friend is not your all in all, and they're not supposed to be. That is a role that only God can fill. Uh, this doesn't cooperate with me any in any way um so a stable friendship has flexibility for the roles that god has assigned you in your life you are a wife you are a mother and you are a minister and that those things cannot be um, put on the back burner for the emotional well-being of another person although they're very important everything has its place so yep yeah i guess we're going to take the next five five minutes and we're actually I was looking at the time sorry it's 10 minutes to 11 like I say we end on time um so one of the things was define what friendship is so at your tables another five minutes you're gonna see once I get my phone back up five minute timer look at it so just define what friendship is amongst each other and your time starts now and then let's see so yeah. We're actually going to cut it just a little short. Sorry, we took 30 seconds off. For time's sake, just for time's sake, because it's almost time. You can stay after for that 30 seconds if you want. We can talk during. We'll let you. Yeah, we'll let you. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Okay, so define what friendship is. Um, a true friend, and sh it's been added, true friend, shows love no matter what. That's Proverbs 17, 17. A true friend gives heartfelt advice, bringing joy to the heart. You don't want someone that's going to, anyways. 
Proverbs 27.9. A true friend rebukes when necessary, but the correction is done in love, which is something that we sent earlier in Proverbs 27.5 through 6. A true friend influences and enlivens, livens, livens, and sharpens, Proverbs 27. You see it's all Proverbs. A true friend avoids gossip, Proverbs 16. That's one thing we didn't actually cover, the whole gossip thing. We probably should have. Don't. Just don't. A true friend gives and does not hold grudges. Mm -hmm. A true friend is loyal, and a true friend helps um, in time of need. Ecclesiastes. I cannot talk today. Ecclesiastes um, uh, 4. So that is what, that defines friendship. That is what we are all supposed to be. Now, are we all that? Probably not, but that's goals for us all. Yes. All right. Uh, Let's pray. Okay. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the people that submit real life questions for us to just talk about. Um, There are so many things in the world that would tell us otherwise, God, but we don't want to listen to the voices of the culture. We want to listen to the words of the scriptures. So we were asking, God, that you would reveal to us ways that we can be a better friend. Um, Speak to us like we need to know who we need to go apologize to. Most of us have something we need to reconcile, God, whether it's a a family member or friend, whatever. Um, But help. we don't want to be the kind of people that live a life of offense because it makes us miserable to be around. So give us the courage uh, and the authenticity to go and have the hard conversations that need to be had in order to experience peace. And we thank you, God, that when we do uh, have those hard conversations, that you do reward us with an uh, incredible joy. It is a beautiful thing um, to be set free in that regard. So we we love you, God. We want to do right by you. And we just ask that you would lead us into righteousness in all the areas of our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, last thing. So this, what month is this? August, September, October. We have four months uh, left in the year that we're going to do women's events. So instead of just trying to come up with an idea and think maybe they'll like it, we want to hear from you guys. What what do you think a Saturday should look like? Is Do you want it different? Do you, I can't imagine y'all want to hear from us like this anymore. Um, elaborate, Jessica. We know how we feel about it. Like as far as being... <laughs> being the talking mules up here but honestly we want to uh, we want to make sure that you guys are getting what you're supposed to be getting um or obviously we're going to do whatever the lord's telling us to do paying my i'm sorry i'm paying my phone back um so what we want to know from you guys like are there certain topics is do do you want to have more uh, so we've been talking about not doing paneling but doing more of a yeah a bible study but not a bible study like more group like table something like, we want to hear your input. Not saying that we're going to do it. We just, we want right. input. Because, again, we're going to ask the Lord, too. Whenever he tells us, that's what we're going to do. But we want to know what you're wanting out of Saturdays. When you take time, you come here. What is it that you're looking for? I guess that's the better word. You say fellowship? Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot you're lefty. I was like, wow, that's really good. Uh, say it. What do y'all got? I'm going to eye contact every single one of them. Thank you. Yeah. I kind of like interactive. 
Yes, definitely. Awesome. It's nice too when it's not people you're with all the time. And it's okay if you don't want to hear us. Like yeah, we, we have no problem with that. Not have to. We will find people. That's if that's what we need to do. No. Are you being mean to me? Oh no, that's our, is that our, oh, oh no, good gracious, what a savage. Wait, it looks like you're going to be speaking for the rest of the year. Oh no, no, gosh, just kidding. Lays down on the floor. I like it when it's interactive, even if like our normal, like the room was full like it normally is. It's so good to, to get feedback and to hear from you guys, like what you're talking about at your table. You never know like what point somebody has that somebody across the room hears that is life-changing for them. Any other ones? Topics? Do you like topical like this? Or are you guys like, man, give us more scripture, like in-depth scripture or no? Look. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, can we all real quick, though, just acknowledge that Sharon has the gift of music ministry. As I was listening to her recount the story of David and Goliath, it made me kind of want to put my face on the floor and cry because not and it's not even that it was so applicable to the song. Um, I don't know how to explain it, really. It's just sometimes it's the whole it. No, it is the Holy Spirit, but, like, some people are gifted with music, but that was, like, a ministry in music. Sorry. Anything else, guys? All right. Well, if you think of things between now and next week. No, what? Listen, you have, like, a month. (laughs) No, we have to prepare. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Just let us know. That's all. We want your feedback. So, yeah. I guess that's it because um, it is actually Lumino One. Yeah. Thank you guys for giving us your time on a Saturday. Please make sure you take your pictures. Um, if you want to, if you take pictures and you want to send them to me, I am Please. eventually going to make a video with everything that's happened so far this year. Eventually. Yeah. Go soon. Soon. But take pictures for memories. Please. <laughs>